Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's up, everybody? Anthony Cazenza here with Cincy Jungle and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast coming at you with a little bit of an impromptu episode. Didn't really tee it up very well. And as you can tell, I'm in a room that's, if you're watching the video, I'm in a room that is in the middle of a renovation or a (laughs) being remodeled, but uh, making it work, making it work to come at you in our news episode. We're going to come at you tomorrow night with uh, our our big show with myself and John Sheeran. We're going to do some listener questions live on Friday as well. Um, but coming at you, just doing a quick, quick whip around as it pertains to the Cincinnati Bengals, the AFC North, and the rest of the NFL. Some noteworthy headlines, newsworthy pieces of info, and to catch everybody up because sometimes you catch bits and pieces of different parts of news surrounding the team, surrounding the NFL. But it's hard to get all of them sometimes. It's hard to get all of them. So we are going to catch you up on a lot of different stuff. In case you are new here, we do a lot of different stuff on this uh, podcast channel, part of the Cincy Jungle Podcast Network. We've got fun interviews with with people, both uh, current and former Bengals players have been on the show, and of course, uh, other high-profile people uh, we've had the privilege of talking to. So go back in the archives and check out some of those recent interviews, or even ones from way back when. Go check those out, and uh, you can get all that stuff on our youtube channel i keep maybe it's up here the show icon for some of you uh in one of the corners for youtube click that click the bell to be notified when we go live when new content is available as well as the subscribe button and then give us a a thumbs up on the video if you can give a thumbs up and a like to the cincy jungle facebook page all of our shows stream there as well and then of course if you like it for your commute if you like it while you're on the i don't know the train the subway whatever If you like the audio side of things, you can listen to us on a number of audio platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all of the major ones. We are there. Appreciate it. So, all right, we're going to kind of whip through this pretty quick for a number of reasons. We got to get through this quickly, Um, but we're going to we're going to get to a lot of different stuff pertaining to the Bengals. We start there. We're going to go to the outside the rest of the division. And then, of course, a couple of NFL news pieces as well. And yes, hello. Hello. I see my couple of. Good friends here, Sage and Dan and others. Uh, good to see all of you, however you may be joining us live. All right. Where are we starting? Let's start here. Because this story is about someone talking about the start of a season. And that is Mr. Mike Hilton. I got to pull up the the article for you here. I had it queued up and uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Where is this thing? 
Um, well, at any rate, it is Mike Hilton talking about the Bengals Chiefs matchup coming up. Here it is right here, and I'll post the link in the live chat as I usually do too, so you can get the entire right here. But this is Mike Hilton talking about the, the Bengals. He wants the Bengals to face the Chiefs to start the season. I personally am not in the same mindset. I would. This is a marquee matchup. I'm kind of saying, hey, let's have this one be later in the season when it truly matters, and obviously all the late season stuff, postseason or late regular season, have been awesome games to this point in this rivalry. Uh, Bengals on the better side of things for the most part. Chiefs got the last laugh, obviously, last year in the AFC Championship game. But he wants the Bengals and the Chiefs to be the week one game. And so he said, quote, absolutely, you know, I'm pretty sure that's the game everybody wants to see opening night. So hopefully the schedule release guys make sure that happens. More on the schedule release in just a little bit as well. But that is him talking to the Cincinnati media. And this is, of course, Mike Petralia um, relaying that soundbite to us on Twitter. So I, I, I see the merit. I see the argument there. But for me, I'm kind of like, you know, save that one. Put that one in the in the in the back of the of the season, because that is sure to mean something big for AFC playoff picture implications and everything like that. So for me. I'm not in total agreement. I, I rarely disagree with Mike Hilton on a lot of things, but that is one thing I do not agree with. I think that should be saved, but we'll see. I, there is an argument as to why that is such an appealing game, obviously, and so we can see why uh, that would that would work. But we'll have to see in just a couple of weeks, and we'll talk about that in a minute, what the schedule release situation is. Actually, a couple of days, rather, not a couple of weeks, but – Big news that came across the wire today, this afternoon, Chase Brown, rookie running back, fifth round pick, a guy who was slated for a number, uh, a pretty good role, we would think, going forward as a rookie. He agrees to the contract um, already. You like to see that getting in the fold, usually, you know, just with the new, well, newish CBA that was agreed to back in 2011, as opposed to the pre-2011 era. The rookie wage scales in place, so these contracts are pretty easy to knock out and pretty easy to knock out one after another. So that uh, helps things a lot and helps guys get into camp, get ready, all of that, and and holdouts basically are non-existent anymore because of that locked-in system. So Chase Brown has reportedly agreed to the Bengals uh, to his rookie contract with the Bengals. Good news there. We expect more to come coming up there uh, in terms of other rookie members of the rookie class signing pretty soon here. Okay. Speaking of the NFL draft, we're going to kind of focus in on that a little bit over the next handful of stories. There's been a kind of a narrative, and I guess we've been one of the people at the center of it on this show or myself, uh, that's kind of said, you know, maybe the Bengals, maybe Taylor don't really dig on tight ends. I, I think it's a combination of they don't value the position as much as wide receiver. They just haven't as a franchise and this staff hasn't, especially they've drafted one player in the draft as a tight end. Yes, it was a second round pick. However, uh, that, and that was Drew Sample, but they have not used another pick uh, on a, on a tight end in any of the other classes. And that was the very first class that they used that pick on it. So you'd think the last couple of, of drafts, they would go for a tight end and they did not, especially with CJ Uzama gone. Obviously they had him in the fold. So that was nice, but they kind of went with the one year rental deal thing there were two prospects in the draft and, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, obviously that's, you know, Michael Mayer's in that discussion. It didn't sound like that was who Zach Taylor was talking about. It sounded like it was Dalton Kincaid and he very well may have been the pick in the first had he been available. He went a couple of 
picks before the Bengals went. Um, and then, of course, the uh, Sam Laporta, who went a little earlier than a lot of people thought, to Detroit. Um, that was the other guy that they liked. Not so much Michael Mayer. Um, and not that they didn't like Michael Mayer, but those were the two top guys that they really liked here. And I will pin this story in the live chats for everybody here. So you can uh, you can check that out. But um, yeah, I mean, the Bengals were interested in tight ends, only a couple of them. I think it's a combination of maybe a positional devaluation from the staff a little bit. I think also they're pretty picky in what they want out of, you know, out of uh, these players. And then, you know, also it's it's a situation where the Bengals are very, very deep at wide receiver. And so the, a player investing a high pick in a player that would probably be your fourth, fifth, sixth passing option, receiving option in the offense just doesn't really make that much sense to them, I suppose. So for better, for worse, right or wrong, I'm not saying it's really either way. I, I think it's just, I, I think they value the position. I just think they value other positions higher. And so there were a couple of guys they really liked that they were thinking about early in this draft. And it was Sam Laporta and Dalton Kincaid. I think Kincaid probably would have been on the very, very short list of picks if the Bengals ended up uh, going, if he was available when the Bengals picked in the first round, but they went with Miles Murphy instead, a talented defensive lineman, of course. Well, a lot of nice picks, a lot of logical picks, a lot of value that the Bengals got in this year's class. And one guy that seems to be tabbed as the best of the best in terms of the Bengals picks of a couple of weekends ago is Mr. DJ Turner. And I think a lot of people would just readily agree with that. I think, you know, this is a guy that's got first round traits, in terms of speed, in terms of fluidity and whatnot. Uh, the production was there, but not high, high, high-end production. But he just kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit of a pretty deep cornerback class, at least a top-heavy cornerback class, fell to the Bengals in the second round. And uh, this is a guy I think has future star potential. Um, and I think a lot of people, based on his testing, based on what you see on film, really solid player. But uh, other people agree here, outsiders agree that he was tabbed as the as the best pick by Todd McShay of ESPN. Um, and what he says is there's some buzz that Turner could go in the first round of the weeks leading into the draft, but the Bengals landed him in the final picks of the second round. Position of need, check. Excellent value, check. And talent, check again. Uh, Turner blazed a 4-2-6-40 at the combine, the fastest time for the event this year. I see an outstanding combination of speed, suddenness, and fluid movement on tape. And he can mirror receivers so well, recognizing route combos and sticking with them like glue. He won't be the biggest corner at the league at five foot eleven and one seventy eight. That was one of the knocks, as was I believe arm length. Uh, and he only picked off one pass last season. That's the inconsistent production thing that I talked about. But he has the traits to be a solid starter in Cincinnati. And I actually think the ball production could improve in the pros because of how well he closes on target. So Todd McShay, a big fan of this pick for the Bengals. I think a lot of people were, I think, you know, while the Bengals have some questions at corner because of Jadobia Wuzier coming back from injury, he is extremely talented and played very well when he's been in the lineup. And then of course the, the rising star from last year's class, Camp Taylor Britt, another guy they've got very high hopes for. The hope is, you know, in the future, this trio, if not a duo of them will be the guys to man the corner positions for the Bengals for quite some time and do so at a high level that probably spells some, some uh, outside uh, you know, outside looking in stuff with Eli Apple. Um, one little, I don't have the story up, but one NFL piece of news um, we will share is another, uh, another Bengals defensive back 
got scooped up. Um, and so that is indicative of, of who the Bengals have brought in the past couple of draft classes as well. So uh, still DJ Turner looking to be uh, in Todd McShay's eyes, the best pick by the Bengals. Well, I, they, the Bengals themselves and their brain trust may or may not agree because they feel like they got a stud guy in the third round with the surprising pick somewhat in Jordan Battle, the safety out of Alabama. Now, it's surprising because a lot of people thought he would be gone by the end of the third round. It's also surprising because the Bengals, you know, they they drafted Dax Hill last year. They brought in Nick Scott. Yes, they lost both Von Bell and Jesse Bates this year, but – Uh, This is a guy the Bengals and their coaches just love. He quote-unquote blew the Bengals away during the pre-draft interview process. Mike Potts told the Athletic, uh, Athletics Hear That Podcast, Growling, a great, great podcast. Once you're done listening to ours, of course, go check out what the great Jay Morrison and Paul Dana. we got to get those guys on the show. Uh, It's been a long time, I think, since we've had them on. we got to get them on if they are so willing and able. But quote Mike Potts, of the Bengals brain trust said it was one of the best interviews I've been a part of. We usually put on maybe eight or 10 clips of tape with the guys and talk through it. We had to cut the tape portion of the interview off after about three plays. It was unbelievable the way he was talking through every minor detail of all 22 people that were on the field of every play. We know he's a phenomenal character, but I didn't think it was possible to elevate him in our eyes in terms of the person that we were getting but he did that in the interview setting. So you got to love that a heady football player. And we've said this before on, um, you know, on the, on the draft recap shows and things of that nature, the, the Bengals, the last couple of classes have relied heavily on good testers, high athleticism, all kinds of, you know, traits, 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 traits. There are a couple of guys in each class, namely this one, of the eight picks the Bengals made a couple weeks ago, I would say two, maybe three weren't the greatest testers, but what they lack in the testing, the RAS scores, the combine performances, et cetera, that's what you get from them. Stuff like this from Jordan Battle, great interviews, headiness, football IQ, never in the wrong spot, leader, locker room guy, and obviously production to boot. So this is a guy I think, uh, you know, I, we talked about him last week, John and I did, and I think he's going to be a guy that quite honestly may have an earlier role than a lot of people expect. I think they're going to go multiple with a lot of different things. Again, a departure that I'm going to talk about in a little bit, um, maybe points to Scott, Hill, and Battle on the field at the same time in some packages. So we'll have to see, but uh, the wizard that is Lou Anaruma will make things work. That is for Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more 
and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Sure, okay. Let's go to, we're going to bounce out of Cincy Jungle articles for the for the moment because my guy John Sheeran wrote one up on A to Z Sports. You got to go check out A to Z Sports and what John's doing over there. Of course, still a part of our show. I'm not letting him go anywhere on this program, old old John. But uh, here you go right here. This was good. A, a good rundown of expected compensatory picks um, the Bengals will receive in 2024. A good write-up here. And uh, so, th- obviously, these. let's take a look at the people that they lost. Jesse Bates, Von Bell, Hayden Hurst, P. Ryan. Those are the major guys that the Bengals lost in free agency. Um, and then who they gained in terms of high, high-end, high-value players. Really, Orlando Brown, Nick Scott are the biggies there in terms of the money and everything there. So, you know, some some signings cancel out each other and all of that sort of thing. So where does this go uh, in terms of compensatory picks? I'm going to move that video out of there, too, by the way. Um, do we do we lose that here? Maybe it's my, my computer that's not uh, doing well. But at any rate, they will be one of 10 teams to receive multiple compensatory picks. Um, they should have, uh, should the Bengals hold on to all of their picks next April, April 24, they'll have nine draft picks in total with their extra two coming at the end of the fifth and then the sixth round. So that is where the Bengals will have their picks. Uh, traditionally, the Bengals have held on and hoarded those picks and and of late, they seem to realize that maybe packaging those and moving around the draft is a little bit more valuable uh, in getting a more high impact, immediate impact type of player. Um, and so we'll have to see if they keep all of those. But right now it looks like the Bengals will have two day three, late day three compensatory picks, fifth round, sixth round in next year's draft. So let's keep rolling on here and get to a couple more items before we head on out of here. So the Bengals, this might've been pretty expected, but the the Bengals had some trade offers when they were on the clock at 28. The board was doing all kinds of different things. There was only one tight end off the board, a guy they, they supposedly really liked in Dalton Kincaid. They had Miles Murphy on the board, a guy they thought would be gone by the time the, the first half of the first round was over he was there, and so teams came calling, uh, and they had trade offers for the 28th pick that they eventually used on Miles Murphy. They just felt that the value that he brought at that, not only kind of a premier position, but also just where they were drafting him just was too good to pass up. And so they went with the player there. Uh, again, Pots on here, the podcast, growling. great episode. There's quote, so the way the process goes is we're actually feeling a ton of trade calls. We probably had, I would say, upwards of five offers to move back off of that 28th pick. But if a guy like Miles, we knew if he was there, we were in all likelihood, unless we were blown away by an offer, we were going to stick and pick a high caliber guy like that. If we felt like we were dropping down a level of player, we would have probably moved back. And then the best of those multiple offers that we had there, we got a guy that we didn't feel we were dropping down a level of player. It was a guy we targeted. They liked him and it was a good pick. Um, You know, it made some sense after some time passed, it made a little more sense, and so the Bengals went with went with that instead of trade offers. Which uh, you know, again, you're as he as Pot said there, 
you're looking at potentially dropping a tier of player, dropping the level of quality of player by moving back, especially when you've got some guys that you are surprised are there when you're picking at the back of the first round there. So the Bengals just couldn't take a, a trade offer for that. Well, let's go to a little bit of AFC North slash NFL news here. We're going to do that. And then we are going to hop on out of here. Again, I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com, and this is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast doing a quick news whip around here a couple weeks after the draft and a little bit before the schedule release coming out here. So one of the surprises that came with the NFL draft was the uh, the Ravens re-signing Lamar Jackson. Boom. And I think, you know, the Jalen Hurts contract and different things like that kind of pushed that, that ball forward, so to speak. And so, you know, now – what was a total impasse is, you know, a big, a big contract for Lamar Jackson. It didn't seem like things were going to go well, um, you know, past this year, if he was even going to play for the Ravens at some point this year, he's there. Um, and by the way, kudos to my guy in Graven vids. He's been on our program a, a, a lot talking about, you know, previewing the Ra- Ravens and their, you know, a game coming up and all that sort of thing. He had a sit down interview with Lamar Jackson recently. So go check that out. Awesome for him. Does great work. Has a ton of subscribers and uh, couldn't be happier for the guy. Really nice guy. Does great work. So congratulations to him getting a cool interview like that. Go check that out. But uh, Ravens QB Lamar Jackson was big mad about the fumble in the jungle, talking about the Sam Hubbard play heard around the world in the wild card round. And of course he was not the quarterback Lamar Jackson in that game. It was Tyler Huntley Jackson, Aside from, I guess, maybe some under underlying contract issues, he had a pretty significant knee injury that just wasn't letting it letting him go there. But uh, this is from Ari Myrov. Lamar Jackson says he went to the bathroom when the Ravens were at the one-yard line and about to score in the playoffs versus the Bengals. He came back to Cincinnati, taking it 99 yards to the house. I almost broke my TV. And there's a video clip associated with that. I, that's right because Jackson didn't travel with the team either. That was kind of another thing I think uh, that, that that happened if I remember correctly. So um, at any rate, that is uh, some, some things happening here um, with, uh, with Lamar Jackson. Uh, sorry, my computer is really acting a little funky here. We got a few more things to get to, and then we will uh, get on out of here. Let's go to this one from Baltimore beat down the Bengals, uh, excuse me, the Ravens SB nation site. And this ties into some Lamar Jackson talk. There was a report that the Ravens considered taking quarterback, Will Levis, a guy who had fallen. I mean, maybe some people thought he was going to fall. Some people were t- talking top five. Some people were saying, you know, top half of the first round, whatever, but he fell all the way to the top of the second round. Um, to Tennessee and there's a report out there that before the Ravens were looking at re-signing Lamar Jackson and being able to do that um, they uh, were looking to get Will Levis so um, let me let me scroll down on that a little bit Uh, 
It was Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, absent a Lamar Jackson deal by the start of the draft, I believe after asking around that the Ravens would have considered quarterback Will Levis with the 22nd overall pick. Finalizing a deal for Jackson before Thursday night was prudent for Baltimore, which could implement the possibility of drafting a passer as leverage. After the draft, leverage would shift to Jackson, potentially weakening the chance at a deal because Baltimore's quarterback options would be scarce unless they selected one on day one or day two. So uh, never really had to play the leverage game did the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, I guess, thankfully for both of them and Lamar Jackson is sticking around in the AFC North and with the Baltimore Ravens for the foreseeable future. A couple of quick things with the Steelers, the Browns, and then in the NFL, and then we are out of here. This is the Steelers salary cap situation after the signing of Chandon Sullivan. Um, and it only had a minimal effect uh, veteran joining the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I, this is from behind the steel curtain, the Steelers SB Nation site here, but it is worth noting just kind of seeing where the salary cap situation is for the, um, for the time being Steelers salary cap space heading into free agency was approximately one negative 1.4 million. Uh, they shaved a lot of room from shedding the William Jackson contract. And here's all the moves right here. And now, even after the moves, Alan Robinson, Shannon Sullivan, Tanner Muse, um, you know, a couple of other guys, Keanu Neal, approximate salary cap space for the Pittsburgh Steelers now sits after doing a lot of math work, 7.2 million is their space as we speak now. So a good breakdown there. A lot of names. It's way too long to go through all of them, but go check out that article and you can see how they got there. They started with a negative and now they're sitting with over $7 million there. So let's go to the Cleveland Browns. A little bit of a uh, headline here. Defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz brought in here to help fix the defense, and his goal is that the Browns must overcome being the third worst team in yards after contact. So you can see there they are looking on – excuse me, yards before contact. Um so, uh, you know, new faces on the defensive line, new defensive coordinator, but, you know, there's some things that are really jumping out there and he is trying to be tasked to fix that there. Um, and that is a sign of obviously a lot of guys getting pushed off the line, not getting their, their hands on, on backs and whatnot. So that is something that Jim Schwartz is definitely emphasizing with the Browns defense. Probably we'll see some improvement in there. He is known quite a bit for his, uh, defensive prowess obviously in the league and his reputation for that okay a couple of cool store well one cool story and then one headline and we are out of here the Bengals, as you remember were talking a bit to foster moreau the tight end as were the new orleans saints now unfortunately moreau was looking like he was going to sign with the saints and in that process he found out he has non-hodgkin's lymphoma so here is the uh, a really cool story he has received an offer from the Saints. Now, it could be to join their team. If if uh, apparently he's progressing, it would be a miracle if he's already progressing that fast right now. But aside from that, I think this is a, an, you know, an endeavor or a, a gesture for him to continue to receive uh, medical, medical care, medical insurance through the league and through the NFL, which is a, a really cool thing. And then he's also got some interest from other NFL teams uh, per the report there. But I don't know if the Bengals are still kind of putting feelers out there Obviously, his health and getting well is first and foremost, but a cool gesture by the Saints there 
it would seem, even if it's only to keep him on a roster or under contract to make sure that he gets health insurance and all of the treatments that he needs. So um, Foster Moreau, a guy that was connected to the Bengals, but uh, also has an offer from the Saints right now. Hopefully he, of course, gets well soon. And then, of course, we're going to end with this, just kind of a little announcement in case you did not know. The NFL's 2023 schedule release, I teased it a little earlier, the schedule release will be coming out this Thursday night. And so there was maybe a delay, all this kind of stuff. So the Bengals uh, have a a lot of high-profile games, including the Chiefs one coming up here. So we'll see exactly what happens, where they they play, when they play, and who they they play on specific days, how many primetime games they get. My assumption is it'll probably be a lot, but the NFL schedule release is going to be in a couple of days, and we will break it down here on Cincy Jungle. We'll probably do a little bit of a schedule reaction show Friday slash listener questions, so keep your eye out for that, and I shared the article for you on the schedule release, but that is going to do it for us. We shared a lot of different news in a short amount of time. Hopefully, you enjoyed it, and uh, a lot of stuff going on when this little these little not not as busy periods, but still a lot of stuff going on. I'm Anthony Cazenza. This has been the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. Thanks for listening. Keep it to the Cincy Jungle podcast channel. Subscribe to our YouTube channel if you can. We appreciate that. Give a thumbs up on the Cincy Jungle Facebook page. And of course, um, I said podcast channel. Keep it there. And of course, CincyJungle.com. Take care, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your week. We'll be back with more for you soon. (laughs) 